Breaking the Borderline Stigma. I'm Kristen Nicole. I'm a life coach for highly sensitive women and women with borderline personality disorder, helping you to create a protective emotional skin to learn to love all of you and to let your gorgeous light shine despite the darkness. And by the way, I'm also a highly sensitive person and a BPD conqueror myself. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me here today. Before I jump into the content, I did want to let you know that if you haven't seen, I did extend the pod squad deadline for shares. Um, I realized one of the pod squad members had reached out saying that she was trying to sign up and there was an error that kept getting kicked over to her. So there was a little bit of a technical glitch. And because of that, I did not feel right having the deadline be so early. So I went ahead and extended it. That would have been in the show notes from the previous episode where you could have seen that um, the, the last two episodes. So long story short, you have until um, the end of the 13th. So this is airing on November 12th. So thir- the November 13th, 2021 to get your shares in Sign up for the pod squad too if you haven't done that already and you would like to partake. Again, you earn a bunch of goodies just simply for sharing your favorite episodes. You will get an email from me talking about what those goodies are and how to go about sharing. And I just want to say that if you want to sign up for the pod squad, but maybe you're nervous about sharing it public publicly, I am more than happy to accommodate if you want to share privately to some friends via text or messenger, however it feels safe and comfortable for you. It does not have to be a public share on Facebook or Instagram or any sort of social media. You can share it privately and then just send me over that information or screenshots. Um, I can also go off of uh, the honor system. I'm happy to do that. I know it's a sensitive subject and it may be something that you're not really ready to let the world know. And I completely understand that. So if you haven't already, make sure you get in on that and then just share a few episodes by the end of the day on November 13th, 2021. That is a Saturday. And then I will announce all of the, um, goody winners, I guess the, the prizes, uh, that the following Wednesday. Okay. And if you have any questions, you can certainly reach out to me personally. I do respond. I am the one on the other side of the email responding to everyone. So with that, let's go ahead and jump right in to the topic today, which is BPD and rage. And the reason that I'm talking about this today is because It's been a a rough week for me personally. I have been feeling very ragey and one of the hallmark symptoms of BPD is quick to anger, aka rage as well. Um, At least that's my interpretation of it. It is quick to anger. My interpretation of it is rage. I like to say ragey, you know, because why not have a little fun with it? But this week has been 
particularly difficult for me. And I will say that rage is definitely one of the symptoms of BPD that I most struggle with personally. There are several others that I am still working on, but when it comes to kind of my healing journey, it's been the anger piece that's been the most difficult. And I don't honestly know why. A lot of the BPD symptoms take root in childhood trauma for a lot of people with BPD. I do believe that is certainly the case when it comes to me, that my BPD does have roots in childhood trauma. Particularly, I was horrendously bullied um, for years. I mean, like eight years in grade school, pretty much my entire duration of grade school. It was the worst grades first through fourth grade. That is a different story for a different time. But the reason that I bring that up is because I can pinpoint certain things. I can pinpoint that's where my self-worth issues come from. Um, I can't quite pinpoint the abandonment, although I have an idea. But when it comes to the rage, I really have no idea why I am so quick to anger. And it is frustrating and I'm sure not just for me, but for my family as well. Being a mom with BPD, this is something that I'm super hyper aware and conscious of because the last thing I want to do is unload that anger on my kids. And I know that sometimes it happens where I yell at them. I don't, I wouldn't say I unload on them, um, but I certainly yell at them. I am guilty of that. I, I think pretty much every parent probably is. Um, I envy the ones that don't yell at their kids or are able to kind of reel, reel that in. But it's something that I've, I'm working on. And one of the things that I want to share with you that I have started to help with managing that is first, if I do yell, I always go back and apologize to my kids. I would love to not do it in the first place. But emotions, you know, sometimes get the better of me. They sometimes get the best of anybody, regardless of whether or not you have BPD. And so it happens. Um, but I have been much more cognizant of it. And when I have had a particularly rough day or if I yelled, I, I do go back and I apologize and I tell them, look, mommy's having some big emotions. I'm sorry that I yelled. And I try to at least explain it because as my fabulous coach has told me before that um, traumatizing our kids is inevitable in, in some way, shape or form because everybody's different and you are learning what their, what their individual personalities are and the way you want to speak to that person. And I, and I'm just talking about everybody in general, not just kids. But there are going to be things that happen. And especially when you come from a background of generational trauma, which I believe most people with BPD do. So it's not just that you experienced childhood trauma or trauma in your past, but also that your parents did, their parents did, and so on. And it gets passed down, not just through our actions, but through something called epigenetics and that can get a little bit convoluted, but it essentially is 
that our DNA can change over time based on our experiences, based on our exposures to our surroundings, our environment, things like that. And then it gets passed on. So there's a lot of generational trauma and it is very difficult to break that cycle. So one of the things that my coach was saying just to us in general in, in one of our group coaching sessions was that it is inevitable where we are going to do things that are going to end up traumatizing our children, like little T traumas where, um, you know, those things, isolated incidents may not be a big deal, but if it's something that happens over and over and over again, it can cause little T traumas. And that is very scary, of course. And I don't share that with you to freak you out, particularly if you're a mom, but I share that with you because, um, we are all human. And I think that there is also a little bit of comfort in knowing that it's bound to happen comfort in the sense that it's bound to happen and you can fix it and you can still come out of it. So one of the things she was saying is yes, it'll happen, but then knowing how to essentially reverse the trauma or essentially revisit those things that could cause trauma. That's where the key is because in dealing with BPD, particularly with me and dealing with the rage aspect, this has been one that has been, been very difficult for me to get a hold of. And so I certainly can say that I manage it better than before I was aware. It is an iterative process. I continue to work on it. And in that working there are going to be times and there are times where I mess up. And so knowing that at least having those conversations with my kids and explaining to them and, and addressing the situation. So it's not just like you yell and then you just walk away sort of thing. Right. Because that's where I think the trauma can really come in is not acknowledging it. Um, but at least acknowledging, okay, look, that wasn't right. I shouldn't have responded like that. I mean, just even think about that in your past. How many times have you been in situations where people actually own up to their actions? Probably not a lot, particularly when it comes to things like yelling, because it is a reaction. It's something that people just, they just respond to right away and not even respond. They react. They don't respond. They react. And because of that, it's like a heat of the moment type thing. And I think a lot of times, and again, this is just my personal opinion. And as I always remind you, I am not a therapist. So this is just my own personal experience. But I have noticed that, you know, in arguments, um, people tend to just react in a heated way. Now they may come back every once in a while and apologize. But I think that we get into these defensive modes and a lot of times we don't end up once we get out of those defensive modes, actually reflecting on the fact that maybe we shouldn't have responded the way that we did. So that's what I want to say to you is that if you find yourself who can get, get into a situation where you are very ragey, very angry, um, 
fly off the handle quickly, the first thing is at least start acknowledging that with your loved ones, particularly with your kids, if you have kids and certainly with your spouse or your partner. And then give yourself some grace and know that it is an iterative process and you're going to get angry again and you're probably, and you're going to, I don't even want to say probably, you're going to yell again. It's going to happen. It's just, it will. It, this is years and years and years of experiences and traumas and reactions that we are trying to wind back. And it doesn't happen overnight, but awareness is the first step. And then starting to take ownership of the fact that maybe we responded in a way that wasn't good, that wasn't acceptable or wasn't something that should have happened. It it was too extreme. The other thing I will say when I get into those ragey times is one, something that helps me to kind of get out of it is, is to vent. I am a big venter. And it took my husband a while to learn this. And even one of my best friends, I mean, she even mentioned to me, this was before I had my diagnosis that like, she would think that I was yelling at her and I just get very passionate about things when I talk, when I talk about them. And so it sounds like I'm yelling and this isn't even necessarily during an anger or ragey time, but just in general, like I can get very passionate and I start speaking, you know, loudly and explaining the story. And it took her a while to realize, oh, she's not actually yelling at me. This is just how she communicates. And my husband and I had that conversation as well. Um, at some point, (laughs) I think before we got married, um, maybe after, I don't remember. We have been together for married for eight years now. So, Um, so the other thing is, so I vent, but I've also become more consciously aware of my venting. Like last night I had something that just set me off. I was just so frustrated and so angry. And my husband came to the door and I like, you know, I just, I told him like, I pretty much was just like, ah, like very, you know, like yelling and fuck this and shit that. And if you're offended by cuss words, I apologize. Uh, I also want to let you know, I do tend to cuss in case you have noticed. I cuss from time to time. Um, if, if, if you're offended by that, I completely understand, you know, uh, if you don't want to listen, I completely understand that as well. Everybody has their their own kind of deal of, of uh, what is acceptable to them. So I will not be offended if that is something that offends you and you choose not to listen to my podcast any longer. I will still wish you the best. Um, but let, to get back into the story, I was very much like, ah, you know, like, oh my God, like, I don't give it because we have an older dog who I love very dearly. She is having bladder issues. She is ha- like, she's starting to kind of lose. Um, she, she's never been very well potty trained. Her previous dog who we put him down in August, which I won't get into because he was really my baby, but he was the really good one with potty training. And she just kind of followed his suit since he's been gone. 
it's kind of like a free for all. So if we take her out regularly, she's fine. But if there's been, there's times where she, you know, she just has problems holding it and it's gotten to be a frustrating thing. And, and I couldn't get her to go to the bathroom last night, right before bed. And I knew that that was indicative of her having gone to the bathroom in the house and we hadn't found it. So I came in, I washed my hands and I stepped on the kitchen mat and discovered, oh, that's where she went. And I just like lost it. I mean, for whatever reason. And so my husband came and was talking to me and, and of course I was just like, I'm not paying, like we will go get her check for a UTI, but I'm not fucking paying another $500. Like just, you know, and I told him afterwards, I'm sorry. Like I wasn't trying to take it out on you. Thank you for listening. I just needed to vent. And I think that he has gotten to the point where he understands that. Now, that being said, I will not say that that is the best way to handle it. Um, really, I would recommend that if you are feeling like that, it is better to let your partner know, I need to vent. Okay. And I'm probably going to get very loud and then say your piece. But uh, so warning them before the fact is certainly a better idea than after the fact, but at least acknowledging it so that they know too, um, that it's not about them. That's something that really, really helps. Um, if you can let them know ahead of time, that's always m- more helpful because then they know to kind of one, brace themselves and two, know for sure it's not about them. But sometimes you just kind of get into the heat of it, right? Something else that helps me when I get into these very ragey, angry phases is uh, screaming into a pillow. I did that last night. Just be careful when you do that. You can go a little hoarse. I certainly uh, scratched my throat. But screaming into a pillow going outside and screaming just somewhere where you can let it out. That'll help to relieve some of that. You can also try journaling too. Although I will say that journaling is great. I think when you're having more racing thoughts, when you're angry, probably one of the last things you want to do is really write. But some people do find that comforting. My point is that there are ways to release that anger and that rage so that you're not one, holding it in and two, taking it out on your family, like completely, you know, um, because that's the last thing I'm sure that you want to do is take it, take it out on the people that you care about. There is a whole thing that Dr. Lee talks about. Um, on the trauma, the five trauma responses and uh, fight being one of them and how we tend to do this the most with our loved ones. It's very interesting. If you haven't jumped into her group, I think she has that training in there, her Facebook group. Go check out, I think it was episode four where I interviewed her and there's a link to her Facebook group and she goes through all of that. Very, very interesting and, and fascinating, I think. Uh, very insightful, gave me a lot of insight as to why I did the things that I did too. <laughs> so, um, so there, there's some things that can help if you are feeling very angry, very ragey, just having those moments. Uh, one is, you know, acknowledge it, apologize for it, 
um, acknowledge it and that you need to vent and then do your venting, screaming into a pillow, screaming outside. If you want to try journaling, if there's some angry music that you like to listen to, listen to that and kind of start to, you know, dance it out and get into it. Um, that can help work through some of that emotion as well. For me, I think the best, the, the, the thing that helps to get it out the most for me, unfortunately, is venting. That is something that I'm working on, but because I, I don't really want to have that be the thing, but at least I've gotten better at it. Another thing that I do and I teach my clients if you are able to at least center yourself enough where you're not going to fly off the handle. So you're more consciously aware of, yes, you're having all this anger, this rage built up inside of you. You can go through the relaxation breath. And that again is something that I teach my clients of how to do practice the relaxation breath. And the nice thing about that is if it's something you practice regularly, it gets stronger and more effective over time as opposed to something like anxiety medicine that gets less effective over time. So it's really a very helpful tool. I would be happy to teach that to you if, um, if you and I decide to work together, if coaching is something that you are interested in. And even if you want to learn more about what exactly I do in my coaching and um, what would be involved and if coaching is right for you, please reach out to me. I have a link in the show notes where you can go and schedule a a call with me. And it is uh, a discovery call introductory session where we would go through all of that stuff and I can teach you the breath then. It's just very difficult to actually teach on a podcast So I'm not really going to go into it here. It's something you actually have to, it's better to see. You don't have to. It's just, it's just easier. So that's another one too. You can also try some deep breathing during those, those ragey times. Just that will help to calm your nervous system a little bit, that deep breathing. What I will say though, is it is important to get it out in some way, shape or form, do not hold it in. It just makes it worse. And another thing I would recommend is try to find out what your triggers are. I think part of the reason that this week has been so difficult for me is because in the United States, it was the time change where daylight savings ended and we fell back an hour And while I used to like that when I was younger, because I'm not a morning person and I loved gaining an hour of sleep as a parent, that's not really a thing because your kids still wake you up no matter what. And I've now lost a lot of daylight. I feel like so deep down, I feel like I'm very angry about that. Just personally, I do not like, um, ending the day where it's, you spend all day working and then it's dark before you essentially stop. I just... And, and that affects my mood. Um, we live in Florida now. We used to live in Ohio. And in Ohio, I would certainly get that seasonal effectiveness disorder. And it was so much worse. At least here in Florida, it is warmer. So even though it's getting darker, it's not like it's freezing outside too. Which some people like the cold weather. Uh, I don't personally. 
Um, I like fall weather, but I would still prefer it to be warm if it's going to be dark out. So because of that, like that's one of my triggers. Lack of sunlight is certainly um, a trigger for me or makes things worse. And lack of sleep. Lack of sleep is a huge trigger for me. Um, I am, it is really difficult to regulate my emotions when I'm going on such little sleep. I think that's difficult for anybody, but there are some people who can handle it a lot better than others. And I would say that people with BPD are not ones that can handle it better than the others, at least not in my experience. So start to work on that too. Start to see if you can identify what those triggers are. If there's a day where you feel particularly angry and you just don't know why, just start doing a little bit of observation. Did you get enough sleep last night? Are you drinking enough water? Are you affected by the sunlight? Because when you start to learn these triggers, then you can also start to work towards kind of eliminating and, and stopping the process a little bit. So that is it for me for today. I hope that was helpful for you. I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to me. If you've enjoyed this, please share it again. Jump on the pod squad because you might as well get credit for those shares and get some goodies. I mean, why not? Right. And The other thing is, if you are enjoying this podcast, drop me a rating. I would love to, because that's really the only way that I hear from you guys. That's the only way I'm able to hear from you and see what your thoughts are um, and know that you're enjoying it. So hopefully uh, I'll get a five-star rating from you. But if not, I would like to hear that too, because I would like to know what you would like to know more about or what you would like to hear more about, what any sort of situations that you've been dealing with. And if you would like my take on kind of how to manage that, I would be happy to craft a podcast around that for your individual comments. Until next time, I'm signing off. Have a good one and namaste. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like one-to-one support, sign up for a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.